our individual motherhood journeys have been thus far. Hey, hey, hope everyone's having a blessed day. It's me and Jen, and we can't believe it's our last and final episode. Today we are wrapping up Manifesting Motherhood, and we first want to thank y'all so much for joining us for this ride, for opening your hearts and your minds and your ears. To the mothers, to all the beautiful mothers that blessed us with their presence and their stories and their experiences. To me and Jen and our, our side comments and yeah, just us as hosts. Yeah, and today is just going to be a time to reflect, kind of go over our favorite parts, like a highlight wheel yeah maybe make a few announcements say our goodbyes i am so happy we did this together me it too was, it's kind of crazy because i obviously the audience doesn't know like maybe how close we are mm-hmm. also sharing this series in this time in our lives so cool honestly just like a whole other level of like being close yeah and to give it some perspective we started this in january did we not yeah, we did. Yeah, and now it's May, which is crazy. And Mother's Day is around the corner. Right, yeah. Isn't that wild how that worked out? It, uh, God's timing is We had is some trouble in terms of, which is fine. Moms are hard to get a hold of. They are, yeah. I mean, scheduling conflicts that just arise when you're, yeah, when you're dealing with, like, our most busy population, mm-hmm. you could say. Yeah. But, yeah, five months. We changed seasons. We changed times. We're almost halfway into 2022. So we have grown a lot, that's for sure. We've we've been through different seasons and, and phases. What were your thoughts or like key takeaways of this series? Favorites, thoughts, anything? I think I have two like really big takeaways. Yeah, and one of them is you know, as a person in general, and especially as a mother, like, do what is best for you, for you and your family and your baby. I don't think anyone can tell you what that is and try and dictate what that is and how you're going to operate. But figure it out, you know, for yourself and do that. Um, I'm always looking for those moments in life where we're shown and we're allowed to tap into our inner teacher and our inner spirit and our inner guide. And I think motherhood is a big part of that transformation is making sure that you listen to yourself. Yeah, and you guide yourself and you do the research that you need to do. You ask the questions that you need to ask. You make the mistakes that you need to make, but you come out on top and do your best. And then I think second to that, to remember to not judge. Yeah, I think it can be really easy to be critical of people and make assumptions and pass judgment on people. But like, we don't have any time for that. We really don't know people's whole holistic personalities and characteristics and lifestyles and all of the context. Um, So just don't be a hater, you know, just spread love and give people support. And yeah, I just, I really have learned that judgment is such a waste of energy. Dang, Cheyenne, I feel like you're a different person um, <laughs> compared to our first episode. I don't know if you, if you feel it, but I like how you said listening to yourself because I feel like there's so much doubt and self-doubt as a woman, as going into the motherhood journey, you literally are probably thinking about so many things at once 
Mm. Um, and then I think it also ties into the whole judging thing, right? Because you might have self-doubts because you are worried about other people judging you in every stage, right? Whether you're a single mom, mm-hmm. whether you're you like Angela, you're a single mom and you have four kids or, mm-hmm. you know, there's, or like your sister Nikki, who is like a, a teen mom. There's so many things where right. people faced a lot of that. Yeah. What about for you, Jen? I really, really like the whole co-parenting thing mm-hmm. with Nikki. I thought that like spoke volumes in terms of a lot of the times people are so prideful and put their own selfish wants or needs ahead of the kids. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what kind of showed like it kind of carried throughout the whole series, right? Mm. Um the fact that moms made that decision to put every but just put the kids first. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of things that stuck, but I really, to me, the biggest things were like, everyone said not to lose yourself. Mm. Never lose yourself. And then that really goes into, it really is so easy because motherhood is just about like servitude. Mm. Right? You're constantly serving others, serving your kids, every every freaking needs. You're, if you have a partner, your partner, your sister, like your brother, like it's literally everything around you. And so when you're in that serving role, you forget about yourself. And it's so easy in the day-to-day when you're wrapped right. up in like having to make sure someone else, especially your kids, have everything they need. That one for sure. The other one was having a good partner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, having a good partner. But that also made me think about how people really have to heal in their singleness before they have kids. Um, cause you know, I think we talked about in Angela's episode, how like all of that does, like you have to process that while you have kids, which mm-hmm. makes it even harder. It's just so layered, honestly. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of intersections as well. Great reminders. Um, co-parenting, this has actually been coming up for me a lot. We're just talking with a friend about this, how like you know, you have a family, and my parents did this. They were like, oh, we're going to stay together for the kids. You know, thinking that the kids don't notice and thinking that it's better for the kids yeah. or whatnot. Yeah, and I, I do think that as a society, we are moving away from this idea that, like, everything is about a relationship and everything yeah. is about, like, for women serving men. I literally just saw a video yesterday that I was talking about. She was saying, I feel like women don't know how to be good friends to each other because we're so caught up on serving men. Dang. Yeah. And I thought That's that was true. interesting. But yeah, I I really admire people who choose singleness mm. over like a toxic relationship. And for me personally, like I I hated that my parents stayed together. I wanted so badly to like see them flourish on their own and see them happy and not always upset and yelling and fighting. And it was just so miserable and toxic. So yeah, co-parenting, is I, I love to see like all the different co-parent arrangements that we have these days and so many people embracing that. Yeah. No, I like what you said. So the only reason why is because it is really hard to have friends that are women because they don't know how to balance. They don't know how to balance. And I think it also goes into like the whole insecurity thing. 
right? Whether there's insecurity in the relationship, you always want to spend so much time with them. You don't know how to balance and like you're kind of, you have your identity in that partner. So that's why I was like, ooh, that one. Know a few people, um, but they learn, right? Mm-hmm. I was also thinking how you said how people serve men. It made me think about, there was this episode with Ash in the Faith series, and he talked about how people want women to submit to them, right? But it's like, are you giving her to something to submit to, or are you just on the couch, you know, wanting to have a beer and eat dinner and da-da-da-da-da, right? And so it makes, and it's true, right? I think it goes down to relationship and partners that you that you have. It's like when you're in a boat, you and your partner have to be in the same boat when it mm-hmm. comes to kids or else there's going to be water coming in. Mm. Y'all are going to be paddling in different directions and or you're going to be stuck. You're not going to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think partners in the traditional role, right, of like how it was of like serving men or like that woman, that woman role in a household is so different now. I think we talk about that in Angela's episode because you could have everything, right? But still be unhappy because mm-hmm. you're not getting that fulfillment in the relationship. Yeah, I'm still kind of caught up on the friend thing and <laughs> <Okay. laughs> serving men, to be honest. <laughs> but you are right. Like I, I saw this meme that was like, men are actually like expected to be good men. Like we don't need you for your money. We don't need you for your access to lines of credit or to buy houses. Like you, you know, if we choose to be in a relationship with you, it's actually because, you know, you bring more value to our life or you have an amazing personality or something, which thank God, (laughs) like I'm so happy we're not living in that era anymore. Yeah, my personal experience is I have actually lost friends because they are, they are women who don't want to have children, who don't want to get married. And so, yeah, they actually like walked away from me because they didn't like that I was dating and that I was looking for a partner and I was looking for someone to have a family with. And to make a long story short, one of them like came at me one day and I was like, it, like they really hurt my feelings. They were like calling me names and like yelling at me. And I was just like crying. I was a big hot mess. And then, you know, I like mustered up the courage the next day to voice how it made me feel. And I was like, hey, like I really don't appreciate how you made me feel and like the words that you used and how you spoke to me. And she was like, well, I spoke to you that way because I feel like you put, you put men before you put your friends. And I was honestly so shocked. At this time, this person was living at my house and I was like, we were spending every day together. I was like, take, helping, you know, take care of them. And I was just so, I was just like, what? Like, me? Like, I feel like I, I put so much love into my friends. And anyways, long story short, or long story long, <laughs> it really just came down to that. Like, they didn't support that my goal was to be with a man and was to like have a family. And so while I felt like, I could do both like I could support them and their their decision to not have a family and not be in, in partnership because I was choosing to like spend my time with a partner and with them it wasn't enough yeah it is wild yeah, wild, yeah. I think that is an added complication yeah but just like I you know placed my boundary of like hey I didn't like how you talk to me 
they were like, hey, I don't like how you don't spend enough time with me. So you got to respect people's boundaries or get on. I think what you're also getting at is when you're in that transition or phase of like, yeah, I'm going to pursue a family. I'm intentionally dating. I'm mm-hmm. doing, you know what I mean? That might not sit well with others who are not in that phase mm-hmm. or ready for that transition. Was that kind of what you were also getting at? Like it's hard to make that leap when other people aren't in that leap. That's why I'm thankful for you. Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly what I'm getting at. And I think it also ties into something that we were kind of just talking about, which is like, as a friend, when someone, when your other friend needs your support or needs your advice, I feel like it's really important not to just project like what would be best for you, but think about like, okay, wh- what is Jen's, what is Jen's goal? What is Jen trying to be in a relationship or is she just trying to fuck around right now? Like, should I encourage her to just do her own thing? Or should I be like, no, Jen, like your your goal is to have a family, is to do this, is to do that. That was just an example. But yeah, I think people can often tend to just project like what they think is best mm. because they're thinking mm-hmm. about themselves and their life. And you have to consider like, what makes this person happy? What did they want? And then I'm going to give you advice that's catered to like meeting your goals. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I do think... It's a different way of thinking about nurturing relationships when you are in that, when you're not in like that single type of phase, when you're like really pursuing, you know, family and you're trying to have like healthy relationships that balance everything out. Mm, Okay, Cheyenne. Yeah. You know what else came in my head? Hmm. I don't know why I talk about this, but um, communication. Mm. Everyone talks about it. People mainly talk about it communicating with your partner. Some people did. I think Claudia did, but communicating with your kids. Yeah. Right. I think I think I really like. That's why I liked Amanda's episode. Tell us more. Amanda's episode, because she was talking about how uh, she was really going into child development. Mm-hmm. She was. Yeah. She was, I, you know, I like that part of like learning because she was going to child development and she was talking about how um, when kids' brains forms and their emotions and I don't think, no, this wasn't, there was also an episode um, a couple series back, Jessica, she was talking about how her son, she's dealing with how her son dealt with anger. So there's so many things about when it comes to like following your heart and your mind, right, for what's best for your kids, but also taking that time to be an inner teacher and learner and pursuing ways to break cycles, to continue to teach your kids new ways of coping, self-soothing, right? That's also what Amanda talked about. Like, are you going to have your kids, like, how are they going to do a conflict? A lot of good convos. Yeah, how to regulate their nervous system. Self-soothe. Yeah, yeah, she went to that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Yeah, I I like the reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I remember. Exactly. I love this conscientious parenthood move. I think it is so needed. And just how like we're really uplifting and elevating the fact that like I mean it seems so logical and obvious, but children are little human beings. 
they deserve respect. They deserve to be validated, to be heard. Um, you know, all the things that we want, they need too. And yeah, I, I think, you know, a lot of people, and then my, like, I'm including myself in all these comments. These are all reminders to myself. When you think about having a baby and you think about having a baby, but it's not just the baby phase. Like, that's forever, you know, someone that's going to look up to you. That's forever someone that's connected to you, someone that needs your guidance and your love. And my mom was very much like that. Like, in her mind, it was like once we got out of that baby stage and we were, like, independent, we were, like, on our own. And then it was like once we were 18, it was just like, oh, like, don't ask me for anything. Like, I'm no longer responsible for you. And it's just like, what? <laughs> Okay, 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 okay. I see what you're saying. I think we mainly went into this with Angela's because she had teenagers or she was going to have, she was going to hit the teenager phase too, right? Where it's like, you were literally in it for the long haul. And she was even talking about like, when my kids hit college, right? Yeah, you're in it for the long haul. Yeah, it's not a, a two year, four year, 10 year. It's a lifelong thing for sure. But yeah, communicating with them, meeting them where they're at. I remember Shalita touched on that too. Like that her she has a toddler and yeah, he has a mind of his own. He wants to make his own decisions and you know, he wants to go to the park when he wants to go to the park or whatnot. Yeah, and I think it's so important with communicating is like teaching them how to identify emotions, what emotions mean, how to work through emotions. That you can feel more than one emotion at once. And how do you pinpoint it's even hard for adults. So yeah, you mm -hmm. definitely have to, if you don't figure that out when you're an adult, you're going to have to, you're not going to be able to teach your kids that. Right. Gosh, any other favorite key points, things that really stuck? You said co-parenting. Co-parenting a partner. Oh, par let's talk about partner. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, Try you're splitting DNA with someone. <laughs> <laughs> so like, the baby is half me, half you. What do you yeah. bring into the table? Shalita didn't talk about it in her, she wrote it on her preform, but she did not talk about it in the episode. Mm -hmm. When she talked about time. Mm. Do you remember what she said? She like time management or? No, she was talking about, it's really beautiful put. Like she said, um, there's so much pressure to have kids at a certain age. Mm. Um, but you can have kids, like people are having kids up to like, you know, in their late 30s right and their so, 40s mm -hmm. so sorry yeah. i think i was going with this oh partner talking about timing because you and your partner do have to be on the same time mm. right mm -hmm. but i do think it goes back to our combo earlier when we were talking about how people can get in this phase of like serving men mm -hmm. where you really do have to find the balance of knowing your timing mm -hmm. right because we talk about this, people will string people along, mm. right? And it's like you have to understand your, like like you said, you have to follow what you need. You have to follow your heart, mm -hmm. your body, what is best for you. Yeah. You know, if your partner can't be that person that helps you row the boat and get the water out of the boat so the boat doesn't freaking sink, then you have to jump ship. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I'm glad you brought up timing. Two things are coming up for me with timing. When I was in my early 20s, yeah, like 20 to be exact, I met someone, fell in love. Like, it was for sure love. It was, it was a beautiful relationship. 
he is and was a beautiful person and a beautiful partner. But yeah, we were just, the timing was off. I was still really wanting to just like be buck wild and just drink and party and just let loose and just not be settled down in like one space, just like bounce around the world. Yeah, and I, I ultimately decided to like do what I wanted to do and not stay in that one space. And then as I like got into my mid-20s and my upper 20s, I was kind of like, fuck, like, what if I don't find anyone that was down for me and loved me like that person, you know, and that was my chance to like, you know, be with my forever person and have babies and do all of that stuff. And yeah, you know, I just like started to kind of have regret and scared and get scared. But you know, now I realized I was operating out of fear and not trusting the universe and trusting God. But now that like, I'm embarking on motherhood, I am so happy I got that out of my system I'm so happy I ran around and I got drunk and I just did whatever the hell I wanted to do you know you can't have resentment Mm -hmm. I have more thoughts (laughs) timing one of them is yes you're absolutely right people will string you along men know a good woman when they when they see a good woman and they're going to want to benefit from that good woman even if they can't give her what she wants and what she deserves so they will tell you oh i'm not ready i need more time i'm waiting for my career i want to buy a house when i'm 35 they will give you every excuse in the book and hope that you will wait for them and yeah just string you along because they are they want to benefit from what you can bring to them that's why like you'll see and not only do they want to benefit from you but maybe they're just waiting for their actual forever person because you'll see people they've been in a relationship with someone for 5 10 15 years and then as soon as they break up they go and they find someone and they propose to them six months later so with the the stringing people along and they're just you know soaking up women's awesomeness i have heard that for men there are three women there's a right now person there's a meantime person and there's a forever person. The right now person is, you know, just that one night stand, you know, that okay. spicy, that spiciness. The meantime person is that great girl that they can learn from, can help them get their finances right, can help them, you know, heal their trauma and find their true passion. And then that forever person is that person that they will propose to within two months, six months, a year. And so... If someone is making you wait three years, five years, ten years, you're a meantime person. Go find your forever person. The last thing I want to say, before my partner now, I was with someone who did that to me. I was a meantime person to him. He knew I was an amazing person. He wanted to take advantage of that. And he always gave me some excuse to why we couldn't be in a committed relationship, why we couldn't move in, why we couldn't have children, whatever it was. And I I literally, I dealt with it until he told me, like, just to let you know, like, for real, for real, I I don't want kids with you. I'm never going to have kids with you. Like, we're not having a family. And I'm so thankful that he finally gave me that, like, answer that I needed. And as soon as he did, I just, I left the relationship. But yeah, men definitely will waste your time. (laughs) Uh Yeah, and I guess for Paul, anyone listening, like, your time is valuable. Your time is so valuable and it's so important to just like, it's so important to just follow whatever, you know, what's best for you, right? But then you have all these doubts, you have these judgments, you have society telling you 
types of things. So you really have to do what's best for you. And then I think because people know, right, that they fight it. And right. And trust your gut. Yeah, you have to trust your gut. I was there too. I was with him for five years. And when it came down to, you know, getting into your mid 20s and looking forward to that in your late 20s, there's nothing. Right? There's all this fucking pushback. So, women, your, your time is valuable. And where was I going with timing? It's okay. So, I think also when you talk about timing, it's so easy. Personally, I'm also talking about me. It's so easy to get caught up in your own timing and like fixated and like. So I totally understand what you're saying, right? And that's why I think it's so important to like just pray for discernment and just really follow your heart and whatever it's telling you. But if you are really in it for your partner, like you can't just be so fixated on your own timing, right? And then you you really do lose sight and like trust in your partner. And then you can just, long story short, like they can be the enemy, right? Mm-hmm, because... Mm-hmm. You're telling them, this is my timing. This is what I want, right? And I totally get that. I respect that. Your time is valuable. But it's also like, if you're not having those conversations and really talking about it, then you're not really making it on a journey together. You're making it your own journey, right? Um, And having him tag along versus being like, hey, let's get in the boat together. So that was my thought on timing. Yeah, I definitely hear that. It takes two. And I like to tell people, this is not build a man. Um, we're not in a factory. You can't just be like, I want this and I want that. And it's like, no, we, we're humans. We come with shortcomings. We come with flaws. And learning to, to trust the time is huge. Because, yeah, you will, you will often realize that it's like, oh, actually, that wasn't the right time. I was rushing it. Um, and I actually needed to wait. And I just like learned this valuable lesson that's going to make me a better mom in this case or whatnot. Yeah, that's a really great point. And understanding that like what comes with partnership. It's so deep, right? Because like you really do have to be on the same page, same page. And you can't force it. And that's why you have to be ready. Like, hey, I want to turn the page. If you can't turn the page, you'd have to communicate, figure it that out. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then be ready to to make those decisions right because like you said there are gosh i feel for you if you're a meantime person it sucks right it does suck yeah it does not make it okay but you're Mm -hmm. absolutely right you have to discern is okay am i gonna wait for this person because this is my forever person and they're just you know going through this season or is this person literally wasting my time and sometimes that can be really hard to figure out and goes back to communication. Like, I I knew he was wasting my time, but until he told me directly, I wasn't going to believe it. I wasn't going to see it. You know, whereas if he told me, like, no, we're going to do this. I'm in it with you. I just need six months. Then it's like, okay, am I going to give up everything just because of six months? Gosh, women's intuition. It's crazy how people play into it. Mm. You just got to trust it, right? You really do. Gosh, and I think this even, like, this carries on to, like, everything in motherhood. So it really stems from, like, 
that partner, that trusting that timing. And then it really goes into like, I'm thinking about Nikki's episode right now when she was like really trusting her gut on not vaccinating her kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then really trusting, yeah, your intuition when it comes to, you know, what's best for your kids. And if you don't, then you're going to learn about it. I'm thinking about how I <laughs> No, it's good. Right? Yeah, it goes one of my tangents, y'all. <laughs> because we didn't we really just came in here just like free-flowing so yeah exactly yeah so thank you for riding this wave this wave with us so i saw this video and i'm sure y'all know by now when i say i saw a video it was on tiktok (laughs) my favorite place and the lady was talking about how all of that that narrative that we're taught that like oh once you get into your 30s and having have getting pregnant in your 30s and in past 35 is really risky and you shouldn't do it and yeah that biological clock that like we're so instilled in and we become very fearful of is false and she was talking about all of those studies that they ran that show that like that supposedly show that we can't have children past 35 or we're at higher risk or whatnot one all the test subjects were white so they didn't run those studies in women of color and particularly black women and so she was just pulling the veil off of that lie and saying like it is actually better she didn't even say like it's fine she said it's actually better for women specifically black women to get pregnant past 35. and i just thought that was so interesting and it just made me think about like all the manipulation tactics that media and propaganda use against us but because there's so much money in like freezing your eggs. There's so, there, it's fertility and infertility is becoming such a big industry. It's ridiculous. Um, and yeah, it's just fed by like bias, wrong, off studies. Mm-hmm. Now I'm thinking about it because it's like the woman body is so freaking valuable. It's crazy. And nowadays, not nowadays. I think it's been going on for a long time. Like you said, there's that programming where women think that their fertility and their femininity is a curse. You know what I mean? At a young age, right? Like I think this goes back to what Angela was saying in one of her episodes, right? Like you start being curious, but shameful. And then you go, you know, through these, through these phases and it's just constant judgment, constant something, constant that. So like, it's always something of someone telling you something about your own body. Right? That part. <laughs> the fact that, like, our, our bodies are all so different. And, like, we're all being compared to, like, one model or one being or one way. It's just, like, no. <laughs> being on... I was on a couple of, I still am on a couple of apps that like help you track your period, help you track ovulation, just like mommy or mommy to be spaces. And they're so inspiring. There's like community sections to these apps and women on there who have been trying for five, 10, 20 years, never give up. And they just trust their body. They listen to their body and talk about a a season of waiting, but they never give up and they eventually they get their baby. And it's just so inspiring. And it just makes me think, like, as long as you have a womb, you is good to go. You know, whatever side effects, PCOS, endometriosis, irregular periods, like, there's so many side effects that we're experiencing from plastic to chemicals to the food we eat. It is reversible, you know, from shampoo, from perfume, the chemicals that we use to clean. Yes. No, it's wild. And it's crazy how fertility really is a gift. 
and we're seen to not either it's shameful, right? Or you think it like you think about timing, you think of all these things you have to have, right? But also how the other side of it where some people really do struggle with fertility and we didn't really have we only had um Claudia who had a miscarriage, right? Um, I think my sister got, shared that too. I don't think she talked about it. I think she said oh, okay. it in preform. Oh, okay. But yeah, it's, it's, you know, I don't think we had anyone that came on that really struggled with fertility for a long time. I know that's something that we didn't really like. There's so much that we didn't talk about because everyone's motherhood journey is so different. Agreed. It's, it is a lot to cover. Um, everyone is so unique and lots of intricate, different stories. Yeah, which maybe that's a good segue into like what our individual motherhood journeys have been thus far. Obviously, me and Cheyenne have been embarking on this together. That's why we started this series. Um, So we want to talk about our experiences, not only in the series, but in particular, our own waiting seasons in the motherhood journey. Um, So different, but super insightful. And I think I definitely had a different experience. But I also think it's similar to a lot of other people mm-hmm. in terms of timing, right? Stressing the timing, right? And not feeling forgotten. And also the fear. I really did let fear get to me in mm-hmm. terms of like, can I do it? Mm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, can I do it? This is going to, is this, because it, it is a long-term commitment, right? Totally. So you really are like messing with your head and not trusting your own intuition. You're really like thinking things through. Going to that a little bit for me and listeners, like you were just like, I don't want to do it anymore. I'm scared, self-doubt. Like tell me more about that fear. So scared. I, mm-hmm. The biggest thing for me, I think, was um, I think what I felt was even scared to try. Yeah. And I think it was because there is this fear, like, am I going to be infertile? Am I going to have to put myself through miscarriages, Mm. right? Am I going to have to, once you, it's, it's so different when you like, you know, you're preparing and it's so different when you're actually going to start trying and then you are opening up your heart to like go for it at the big point of, I might get disappointed. And then you do have to keep your momentum, your hope. And obviously like hope is great to have but it also has its own lifeline unless you fill up your cup again, right? Because then once you start losing hope, then the disappointment comes, the doubt comes, and then it's just like a cycle. Um, So I've had trouble just with the fear of embarking on that part. Um, Yeah, that was my biggest thing. And I think it's because I do hear these stories, right? And then because the fertility industry is so big now and everyone talks about it, which I'm grateful that people talk about it, but it's also like low-key traumatizing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so that's been my experience with fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it is. And it's interesting that, I mean, I guess interesting. It's ironic how those stories are trumping like all the miracles <laughs> that oh, are taking place yeah. every day. You know, it's really about your mindset and where you turn your attention. 
So what advice do you give for getting over that fear? For, you know, kind of shaking that stage right? I think, I know it's it's one of those things where you know there's something so good on the other side. And that's why you feel fear, right? Mm-hmm. And you have to try at some point. You really do. And all you can really do is just pray and just be assured that as a woman, you know, being a mom is kind of your purpose, you know? Um, so whether you choose that for yourself or you don't, but I do think that if you have, if that's what you crave, then that is part of your purpose, right? So just believing that you will figure it out. Like mm-hmm. I think I hear that so many times where like, trust like the process, trust the process. And so many parents always talk, even in their fifties, they're just like, what do you know what we're doing? Mm. Right. And so just trusting that, um, you do have to just go for it at some point. And, um, I think when the enemy sends you fear in terms of like trying and all this stuff, it just means that it's holding you back on purpose and you're really going to have your gift soon, you know? Mm. That's what I think. So did you ever think like, maybe I'm not supposed to have kids. Maybe I should give up. No, that thought okay. has not came across my mind. Good. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but yeah, I can see how maybe for other people, if they're mm-hmm. like deep in, deep in it, deep in that fear, like those thoughts will come. Yeah. And maybe that fear, like, is well-purposed and, and for a good reason. Because, yeah, I, I definitely agree that, like, for me as a woman, like, I feel like having kids is my purpose. But I don't think all women should have kids. I don't think all people should have kids, period. <laughs> like, some people should not. Yeah, so maybe that, that second guess is, like, actually, this isn't for me. Maybe I'm just going with the status quo or, like. Mm, okay, that's what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Not that I think you would not be a good mother at all, but I'm just curious if, like, that came up for you. Like, oh, shit, maybe I'm not supposed to do this. No, but I like kind of how you said how people will tend to do it because their friends are doing it. Right? Yes. Um, For the wrong reasons. Mm -hmm. Just to really fit in and go with the flow versus... Makes me think about how... Getting a little on tangent. How there's people who... For timing, there's people who force their partners to have kids. Yeah. They be poking holes in condoms, turkey basting it. Or like, I'm going to yeah. leave you if you don't, you know. And right. At some point, you just have to like, if it ain't it, it ain't it. If it's not a mutual thing, you just, right. it can't work, you know. That's, that's not, I don't condone those actions. <laughs> If they don't want it, find someone who does. I mean, younger me, like, didn't understand that. It thought, like, no, this person has to want what I want and be on the same page as me. And, like, you know, I was so stubborn. But now I'm like, oh, thank God I did not stick around with those who didn't want me, who weren't on the same page as me. Like, there are so many blessings. And there is a reason that person doesn't want kids with you. And there is a reason y'all are not in alignment. Like, Find what is for you. So, yeah. That's big. Yeah. For sure. mm-hmm. 
Okay, so to kind of recap, like, yeah, you were like, I'm ready. I got my partner. We're ready. And then, like, came time to do it. And it was like, your body almost didn't move. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't yes, do yes. what, yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the fear of embarking on that journey. And I think it goes to show, like, sometimes you could start comparing your journey to other people's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like, when you know, like, you're, like, that's uncertainty at the end of the day. Like, you mm-hmm. can have faith, like, this might happen on the first time. But it's also, it's uncertainty for how long you will be on that journey of yeah. trying to conceive. Yeah. I yeah. think that part was the most, like, fearful thing for me, for sure. Yeah, and that brings up my issue with, like, sex ed in our country. I feel like before I started to learn about fertility, it was like, oh, watch out. Like, you can get pregnant anytime, anywhere. And then I learned that you literally ovulate for 24 to 48 hours a month. Not even, like, you have 24 to 48 hours a month, and you only have a 20 to 30% chance. They don't talk about that at all. No. <laughs> like, it is yeah. not that easy, y'all. If we just learned about fertility, we wouldn't need to be on birth control. If we tracked our periods and understand the four phases of your periods and when you ovulate, like, this shit is easy to miss, honestly. Okay, so now I want to ask you, what what is your motherhood journey? My motherhood journey is trusting timing and being patient and discerning and not comparing my journey to other people's. Mm-hmm. Also going into, I did get so fixated on like, now, 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 you know, like time is running out. Like I got into that so deep and then um, that really just causes a divide when it comes down to it. And so my waiting season was like the fear phase and then like, no, I got to get into it like right now. You know what I mean? And then really being humbled and being like, no, this is just timing. You know, like there's just, I feel like if it if you're in that waiting season, like you have to also know that God is preparing you mm-hmm. in whatever way, shape or form, yeah. whether it's patience, whether it's like self-control, whether whatever it is, like there is yeah. something that you have to learn in the waiting season. And it's so easy to be like, did I miss it? Yeah, did I miss it? Do I gotta mm-hmm, go back? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and um, then you start having these doubts, and then you do start going in these circles, and you really just can't feed any of those thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, you just really have to be just remember that you're being prepared and don't let fear get the best of you. Understand your emotions and your feelings, and really just trust yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. communicate, really just communicate what you need, yeah. um, what you're thinking, even if it's like you have to communicate your fears or yeah. being vulnerable and things like that. Like, I think you do have to be super open about your fears mm-hmm. with your partner. Yeah, you do. And at the end of the day, like all of that is only going to add to you and your partner's ability to overcome anything and everything. Because especially when you have a child, like, Lord, life is going to test you. (laughs) You know, there are going to be bigger situations. And so, you know, laying the foundation for that communication through those really tough times when fear gets instilled is huge. And I have learned that 
you are going to get to your destination. You are going to get wherever you want to go, but you have to surrender to how you're going to get there. Like I could have never guessed that my journey would look the way that it has looked where I want to be, but I never knew I was going to get there this way, you know? So just stop trying to control it. Like that's not up to you, honestly. And yeah, there are so many lessons that you need to learn and, and life has a really funny way of teaching you things. I am curious though, if you wanted to like, give more backstory into like you and your womanhood and like what made you want to have kids and all of that. I was thinking of kind of including that in my motherhood journey explanation, if that makes sense. Um, I don't really have much of background story. No worries. (laughs) No, no. I mean, whatever you feel called to, to say, Um, but you know, I talk a lot. So I was like, I'm going to tell the whole story about when I was a little girl (laughs) um so yeah I guess I kind of want to like just go into the background story and then kind of go through it come from a big family I'm in the middle of my family um I became an aunt when I was 11 my sister had her first my eldest sister had her first baby um so I've always been around babies I've always been very like maternal and motherly and all of those things but I grew up in like a really toxic household and so I just always had this thought like I just cannot wait to have my own family and do things my own way and I was so determined like I left my mom's house when I was 17 and I immediately I was like on this quest to like find my person and like make my family yeah, I mentioned when I was 20, I did meet someone and I was like, this is my person. We're going to do this. And then like a couple years into the relationship, I was just like, whoa, like actually I'm, I'm still want to be like buck wild and free, you know? And so I went about my way and I did my, my craziness, still in my craziness. And I actually, a very unfortunate situation, but I ended up pregnant. And at the time I literally had like $35 to my name. I didn't, I didn't even have a home. I didn't have a job. Like I wasn't even in the country. I was so like, I am not going to do what my mother did. <laughs> like that was my, my first thought. I was just like, I am not doing this. Like I'm not going to have a baby with no support, with no money, with no job. Like this isn't going to happen. I just honestly, not for one second did I think I'm going to keep this child. Like I just, I was not in the position to do it. And so I got an abortion and I think that a lot of people don't talk about this, but, you know, because they think like, oh, you got an abortion, that's what you wanted. And yeah, that was my choice. And that was what I, I wouldn't say that's what I wanted. That was what I needed. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to like go into the details of how I got pregnant, but it was not consensually. That was a choice that I did have to make and it was a need, but it wasn't like I was just like being irresponsible or, or you know, like it was a whole situation. And so I say that to say, like, people don't make space for people who have had abortions to grieve. Mm. That is still a grief. That is still a loss. That is like, it it broke me in a lot of ways and a lot of pieces. And it really hurt. It was it was a really, really tough decision. It was like a really low point in my life that only gave me a bigger desire to want to have a family. I already had this massive desire to have a family and find my person and all those things. And then after that, I was like, 
even more determined and so but because like that happened and i didn't have a job i was like okay i need to focus on like my job my career mm-hmm. and so i got my teaching credential and i became a teacher and i was like oh i have this safe job and this pension and like you know now i can do this then it was finding the person dated some really terrible people <laughs> was was in a, a meantime girl for a while you know, now I'm like approaching on my 30s. And so after I got my abortion, I got an IUD put in because I was like, I don't want like any accidents happening again. And so I got an IUD put in and my IUD would was going to get removed uh, in 2023. So that was my thing. Like if you talk to any of my friends, they know what that means. And I'd be like, all right, 2023, I'm having a baby. Like I just manifested it and I was so sure about it and I spoke about it and I put it out in the universe. So, you know, as the years got closer to 2023, I was kind of like sweating. I'm like, okay, like that's coming soon. Last year, I started to kind of like do more research into female anatomy, into fertility. It's so sad that we're not more educated about those things. Super important. And I started to realize how bad birth control is for you. And I was like, I'm going to get this Thing removed and so I did I got it removed last June don't have a partner don't know like what I'm gonna do how I'm gonna have this baby at this point I'm like sperm donor let's go but I was just like I'm getting this thing out of my body like I'm preparing myself for motherhood I went through a mass transformation with myself and for the first time in a really long time I like regained faith Jen was a big part of that and I just knew even though like I didn't have that person or know what was going to happen that it was going to happen for me i was just so sure of it i knew god was going to bless me and i knew it was going to happen it's crazy because literally the same month i got my iu day taken out i met my now partner and my baby daddy <laughs> I, at that time i didn't know that was what was happening but it was literally within the same week i got my iud removed and i met him um i was like i didn't see him like right like in front of me i didn't know that was my person so it didn't really register but fast forward um we grew a little connection and i had told myself you know just to be really frank i've definitely like had my fair share of partners and sexual interactions with people and i'm not someone who's like oh i have to wait or like i'm, I'm very sexually liberated you could say but for the first time in my life i was like i am not having sex with the next person i date or, you know, interested in, I am, I refuse to have sex with them until we are married or we're making a baby. I was like very sure on that. And so this person that I met, they're younger than me and I'm 30. And so I'm, I was automatically like, this is not the person. They is not going to want to have kids. They're, they're 26. Like no man who's 26 wants to have kids. I had to put that label on him. So anyways, we were kind of building this this sexual attraction and we were really building a relationship and that came up i was like look like i'm i'm not having sexual relationship with anyone like either we're getting married or we're having a baby and he shocked me he was like oh we're having a baby and i was like what long story short he it all worked out (laughs) um that was my person he was fully on board I really like I was just so shocked and you know I kind of took a step back and I like tested him for sure you know I asked him every question under the sun um, made sure that we like really built our relationship and we're on the same page about everything that we wanted and how we wanted our to raise our children and what we wanted it to look like but sure enough we started the process of making a baby I am so excited to share with y'all that I'm three months pregnant (laughs) I'm 
so blessed. I'm so thankful that I met him, that we were like fully in alignment. It, it was so natural. I didn't have to force anything. Um, it just happened completely naturally. But even with meeting this person and having like all this alignment, when we first started to try, it, it didn't happen. It took us months to actually get a positive and get pregnant. And so that was my waiting season then, was finally meeting this person. And I just thought like, we gonna do it and it's gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I literally was not even thinking about the possibility that it wasn't gonna happen. That month my, my period came and I was like, what the hell? And then the next month my period came and the next month my period came. So then you find yourself in a really weird space of like, oh shit, like, can I, can I not get pregnant? Is there something wrong with me? Is there something wrong with him? Is this not meant to be? Is this not my person? You start doubting everything. You start guessing it. You start second guessing everything. And I'm really happy to say that, you know, it didn't discourage us. It only made us stronger. It only gave us more time to lay our foundation and figure out how we want to raise our baby and what our family is going to look like and what our relationship is going to look like. We used natural medicine. We did a lot of research. We prayed, we just like really tapped into each other and to our ancestors and what knowledge they held and hold. And then it happened when we were like least expecting it, you know, when we kind of just like relaxed and we stopped making love to conceive and we just made love to make love. It happened when we were relaxed, when we were fully confident in our relationship and our body's ability. That's just another word of advice that I can give is like just make love to make love don't force it that was where we were actually kind of forcing it like be relaxed have trust have faith it is gonna happen when it's when it's time to happen like and i i truly believe that i know there are situations where people go years without being able to conceive and i truly believe that like way crazier things can happen and yeah if if you have a womb you can, you can get pregnant. I really, truly believe that. That was so good. <laughs> so good. So good. So good. And you know what's crazy is I, I think I forgot about my journey because I've been on it for a while. <laughs> um, no, so good. Thank you for sharing the highlight, the total highlight of the whole series. Aww. Really. For real, for real. Because I didn't know your, your journey in depth. Um, and I totally forgot, but when you talk about when I wanted to start on a motherhood journey, so I, I should have thought about this beforehand, but um, a year and a half, a year, a year ago and a couple months, I had fasted. Mm. Did I tell you this? I don't think I told you I fasted, so. Yeah, I remember I, you fasted, but I don't know about the details. Okay, so. I was, I think I was, oh yeah, I was going through a really hard time in terms of like my job and work and everything else. So I actually got off birth control because it was just fucking with my mood. So I got off birth control, not to, and if it happened, it happened, right? But I was like, I'm just not, I just can't do it. Like my mind is just, there's too much going on. So I was already off birth control for a while, but I was still experiencing anxiety. And I knew I wanted to have kids. But I knew I didn't want to be an anxious mom. Like I didn't want to like be an anxious parent and like pass anxiety on to my kids, you know, that they doubt themselves. And like it was this huge thing. Like I just had this crazy relationship with anxiety and I did not 
I had that fear of passing that on to my kids. Fast forward to like February 2021. I was like, okay, I'm going to fast. I'm going to do this Daniel fast. And they say that you basically have to, you know, pray intentionally for certain things. My very first thing that I prayed for was for God to take away my anxiety. The second one was for God to help me become a mother, like start this journey, help me get rid of any doubts and any fears of being a mom. The third one was to tell me if if my partner, if I was on the right journey with my partner and if this was the person. I don't think I've ever said this out loud. It's crazy. So those are my things that I had. I was like fasting for, praying for. And it was all around being a mom, basically, right? It was like making sure I had the right partner, making sure that I don't pass on anxiety to my kids and that I'm fully present when I'm when I have kids, right? And not like the next thing, the next thing, like, you know, I'm a very when I when I was like that, I was like, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Like there was I was not living in the present, you know, and I didn't want that. So everything about that fast and starting that journey with God was to become a mom. The fast is 28 days. At the end of the 28 days, I had no more anxiety. Like I was, I literally cried. I cried in my little apartment, like 400 square feet apartment. I was like, wow, like I don't have it. Like, cause I was having anxiety every freaking day. And I literally was like, cried, like, thank you, right? A month later, me and Anthony go to Tahoe. And in that moment, I'm like, oh, it's so nice to get out, right? Because it's a pandemic. And we are up in Tahoe, which is like 96,000. It's like super high. Like we were like up in the mountains. And he takes me to this place. And I don't have my camera. I don't have my phone. Like we literally randomly went out on a walk just to get out between meetings. And so we went on this walk. We go on this place. It's super remote. And I literally see this whole like view of like Tahoe, I guess. And it was like, I felt like God was telling me in that moment, like you can have, I hear you and you can have everything that you want. You're on like, in just in time. I literally started crying. Like it was so surreal and I was so present in that moment that I didn't have my phone, I didn't have my camera. If I did, I'd have been taking pictures of the scenery, right? And I literally just cried. Like it was just so clear and just like basically you could have the world, right? That's what I felt like I was hearing. Came back to the hotel room and we were there with Tahoe's parents his dad was saying something. And in that moment, um, he was talking about how he likes going like on hikes and stuff like that. He's like, it just makes me feel closer to God. It clicked for me because my dad says that. My dad says he likes going on like views or like heights, like it makes him feel closer to God. I thought that was so trippy. And in that moment, I was like, I don't know if it was the Holy Spirit or what, but it was like, you can go on this journey with them. Like you can trust them. That's what I felt at that moment. And then I had a moment with his mom. And his mom was basically like, she had something that's like read an article on Yahoo. And I felt it in my head. I was like, I feel like God is telling me like when I have kids, I have to protect my kids. And you know what was trippy was in the episodes with Angela. 
it was just so crazy to me because I didn't really hear all these stories until doing the podcast. Um, so this podcast has like really opened my eyes to like a lot of the things that really do happen, general cycle, ge- generational patterns and like bad cycles and stuff it was kind of a, just a whirlwind, but my faith has just grown so much. And I felt like, I think I had moved. Yeah, I had moved, new job, all this crazy stuff. And then um, Anthony had gone for six months and then prayed super heavy for a house uh, and a new place. And then in this actual different waiting season. So I feel like taking that leap of faith and just fasting and all that stuff was like, I totally forgot about it. I had been doing that for a minute. I feel like my faith was even stronger back then than it is now um, in terms of trust because I feel like everything back then was so instant. Like my answers were so instant, right? And then now it's like you could pray, but it's like now it's really trusting God's timing, Mm -hmm. right? It's like Mm -hmm. God heard you back then when you were fasting, but now it's completely different. It's like a different waiting season when you're just like – so I totally forgot about that part. Maybe that's what you wanted when you had asked. Oh, that's, yeah, I'm so happy you shared that, for real. Okay. And, I mean, just your ability to fast, like that self-dedication and self-control and commitment is huge. And then for it to just bring in this, like, this pouring in of answers and signs and feelings and, like, physical and spiritual connection to our 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 nature and our physical realm and and your partner and his family, like that's moving. Crazy. Yeah. I don't think I told anyone that, but, um, and my mom. And yeah, the preparation that like goes into it, that goes into motherhood is, is huge. And I, I remember we talked about that, noticing that like all of the moms, like, but one, Mm. they, they planned their pregnancies. They like prepared and then even the one mom that, like, she had an unexpected pregnancy, the, her other children were planned. Or, like, so just thinking about that, too, like, the preparation that goes into it and the waiting that goes into it. But, yeah, and waiting seasons, they do look different. And they have so many twists and turns and unexpected, unpredictable things. But, oh, I love that you got those messages and those signs and that you very intentionally cured your anxiety. Like, that is yeah, forever going to change your lineage. It was just one of those things. Like, like I know I want to do this, but I know it will just be 10 times harder. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anxiety is really challenging, that's for sure. And, yeah, I mean, it's kind of making me laugh because you're like, oh, my waiting season. But it's like you haven't even tried <laughs> when it comes down to it. So it's like, so you making yourself wait at this point. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's definitely one of those things where now you have to jump. Yeah, like I think I put so much trust mm-hmm. in God in this mm-hmm. whole like waiting season, and now, now it's, it's your like, turn, girl. Go for it. Like you yep. just have to mm-hmm. like yeah, go for it. You know, um, right? He's like, I'm not waking, making you wait. You're waiting. Yeah, at some point, it's kind of like I think when you do have so much dependence on that. Um, you do try to you're trying to like make things align in your head but maybe you should just like let go literally like let go oh my god like what Angela said right right so and get embodied that's what's coming up for me 
Like we, mm-hmm. it's so easy to get caught here and in our head and in our mind. Yes. But yes, yes. get embodied. This is a physical mm-hmm. experience. Like you said, this is our purpose. This is why we have the organs that we have and your body will know yeah. what to do once you put your trust in your body as well. Mm-hmm. I think Shalita talked about that too when she was giving birth. She's like, mm-hmm. you just have to trust. Like, don't like, like go of anything. Right. And I think also Amanda talked about that too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, not go. being in fear because your body is literally made to do this. It's going mm-hmm. to do it. She's going to do exactly what she needs to do when she's ready to do it. Just let her do her thing. Dang. Did you, yeah. What did you think about this whole series? I didn't know how trippy it would be personally. Right. Well, I mean, one, I just love spending this time with you, um, sharing this space with you, fostering this space for ourselves and for others. And, like, I just – every time we had a mom as a guest, like, I noticed that they were just so thankful to be like, wow, I just sat here for an hour and I just got to tell my story. And like, it was a blessing and an honor to like provide that for people. Yeah. And it was just a huge lesson for me to just be like, listen, you know, I'm someone who talks a lot, as you all know, as you all can tell. And it like definitely gave me like a push towards active listening. And that's huge, you know, especially when you're having kids, like, they're going to be doing a lot of talking. You better listen. So. No, I love it. I, I, I knew God's timing for this series. We had talked about it prior. Like, we got to do it. And it was just, everything was aligning so good. And I'm, I feel like we both, you have a huge blessing. And I think we're just so much more closer. I think right. The guests and the audience that, you know, came through. Mm-hmm. Life-changing. Mm-hmm. Um and perfect to close this out for mother's day oh yes i know so perfect and mm-hmm. anyone listening happy mother's day yes mm. big I, happy mother's day to all the moms like, and moms to be and anyone who feels maternal or wants to be a mom or was a mom yeah mm-hmm. and just kind of like reflect on your own motherhood journey too you know whether you're in that waiting season, whether you're actually like in it, I think it's so good just to reflect on wherever you are in it. I, something I learned that I thought was so interesting is that anytime you get pregnant, whether you have a miscarriage or an abortion, you have the baby or you lose the baby, the baby's DNA stays in your body. Yeah, isn't that a trip? For years, like it doesn't just go away. And so it, it changes you and your DNA, and then you have other DNA in your body. And I just thought that was so interesting and such a an ode to how women are the only vessels between mm. the spiritual world and yes. the physical world. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing that is for us. If anything, I hope to all of our femme women listeners, you know, just I hope you feel empowered by all of this. I hope you understand what a great thing it is to be a woman, you know, to have a cycle and and be connected to the moon. I I feel empowered myself, honestly. Like I, being a woman is so hard, especially (laughs) with our patriarchal society, but it is such a blessing. And the more you tap into your femininity and your womanhood 
and your connection to the universe and the moon and the spiritual realm. It's really, really a special thing. Yes. It made me think about Claudia when she was like, you just retrieved the soul. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Uh, no, so thankful. Everyone that came through, everyone that listened. So thankful for you, Cheyenne, and your time, especially I know you're super tired right now because <laughs> three months. Growing a little here. human over here. I love you, Jen. Thank you so much. Jen is the, the host host, the producer, the editor. She puts a lot of heart, sweat, and tears into this. And it's, it's for, you know, you're, you're affecting people in a really positive way. So thank you. I love you. So happy to grow with you and be on this journey with you.